0: Today's reading is taken from Psalm 30. This is a psalm written by David for the dedication of the temple, Psalm 30. I will exalt you, Lord, for you lifted me out of the depths and did not let my enemies gloat over me. Lord, my God, I called to you for help and you healed me. You, Lord, brought me up from the realm of the dead. You spared me from going down to the pit. Sing the praises of the Lord, you, his faithful people. Praise his holy name. For his anger lasts only a moment, but his favor lasts a lifetime. Weeping may stay for the night, but rejoicing comes in the morning. When I felt secure, I said, I will never be shaken. Lord, when you favored me, You made my royal mountain stand firm, but when you hid your face, I was dismayed. To you, Lord, I called. To the Lord, I cried for mercy. What is gained if I am silenced, if I go down to the pit? Will the dust praise you? Will it proclaim your faithfulness? Hear, Lord, and be merciful to me. Lord, be my help. You turned my wailing into dancing. You removed my sackcloth and clothed me with joy that my heart may sing your praises and not be silent lord my god i will praise you forever
1: not sure there we go thank you very much sweetheart for reading that and good morning my name is peter scott i serve as a senior pastor here and it is my uh first moment back from three weeks of holiday And so as it is my first moment back from three weeks of holiday, I thought let's, what I would like to do is start by just praising God. Would you join me in prayer as we just praise our God? Heavenly Father, thank you for you. We've been singing your praises, we've been singing about how beautiful your name is, how amazing you are and your awesome deeds. Wow. Thank you. And we want to praise you this morning. I want to praise you as the first thing I do back at work. Actually, I don't call it work. Back at the thing you've called me to do with my life. And I thank you for that. So Lord, I lift this moment, this time up before you. I pray that what you've helped me prepare will be your words that we hear this morning. And that we will together praise your holy name. Amen. Amen. Well, uh, as I said, I, I've just returned from leave and uh, it was fantastic. No doubt many of you have had some break as well. I hope you've had a little bit of a, a chance to have some rest and recreation. Uh, and uh, I had great time with my favourite people in the world, my, my family. I had great time with friends. We, uh, we went away for a little bit. I had a bit of a staycation, did a bit of work around the house. And if I had to share with you one highlight, one highlight this morning, this is it. Would you believe... Neither I or anybody in my family had been to Yelling Up Beach before, and we actually went. Now, that's a picture that Sue's put together for me. Uh, We went one morning, we decided to get up early, and we went down, I think it's officially called Smith's Beach. This big stretch of glorious sand, and we went early, really early, like 7 o'clock in the morning. And we went body surfing. And the waves weren't too big, and they were Godlock's waves. They weren't too big, weren't too small. They were just right. Uh, It was a hot day. It was just magnificent. You could see God's fingerprints all over. This is one of my favorite parts of creation, this whole sort of beach scene. Absolutely glorious. And then, to top it all off, for those of you who've ever been to Up or you know that part of the world, we drove up the hill and we went to, I think it's called the Google Hupf Bakery where the chocolate croissants, maybe I'm telling a fish story, but they're big. They're big chocolate croissants. That's what we had for brunch. And oh boy, it was a highlight. Just an absolutely wonderful morning. A time of saying, God, thank you for creation. Thank you that you give us taste buds and things to shove in our mouths to to make those taste buds sing. I hope you've got a story like that as well, that you've had over this uh, little break. But, of course, life's not always body surfing and chocolate croissants, is it? Uh, We we seem to live life in different parts. There's the highs uh, and there are also the lows, the difficult parts of life where where it's not going so well. And I've had some of those as well. And uh, I I guess a few years ago, I I certainly went through a really tough time. And uh, it was one of those times where you've probably had one of these where you... You just feel like everything is overwhelming. everything was tough. I guess I felt like there was nowhere I could turn that was uh, friendly, even you know this idea of enemies everywhere uh, it, it felt like everybody was against me, there was pressure everywhere. I wasn't sleeping well and in, in fact, I'd go to bed at night i'd lie in my bed and and I would it was kind of the only place where i could just shut down but but i would cry out and i would cry out something like this have mercy on me lord for i am faint heal me lord for my bones are in agony my soul is in deep anguish how long lord how long turn lord and deliver me save me because of your unfailing love Among the dead, no one proclaims your name. Who praises you from the grave? I am worn out from my groaning. And all night long, I flood my bed with weeping and drench my couch with tears. My eyes grow weak with sorrow. They fail because of all my foes. Have you had a time like that? That was Psalm 6, or a big chunk of Psalm 6, where... The psalmist, I guess, was echoing how I felt, how he felt at that time in a difficult, dark, painful time. But then, things lifted. The darkness started to lift and the light returned. Fun started to come back into life. The enemies that I had didn't seem so aggressive. And i started to find joy in the lord again as he pulled me out of this time and i realized that i could praise him again and so now that time is another part of my story where i can share with people you know i've been through a a tough time but i really felt like when i turned to the lord he pulled me out of it It was amazing and 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 then he's taken me to new places like yelling up beach with body surfing and chocolate croissants I don't know if you've got a story like that. If you've been through that or or you know somebody who has, who's shared that with you. But what we're looking at this morning in Psalm 30, we're in a series of the Psalms and and we're talking about Psalm 30 this morning, is a Psalmist who'd been through exactly something like that. And we're going to talk through the, the Psalm as we go, but this Psalm is about someone who's been through a tough time but is emerging and coming out the other side. Now, as we go through this, uh, this psalm, I want to make two quick points. The first one is that a lot of commentators link Psalm 6 with Psalm 30. They say it could well be that, that the psalmist wrote Psalm 6 in a tough time, and then 30 was as they were coming out. And the second thing, and I'd encourage you, to, if you've got your Bibles open or your phones or whatever, to be, to be looking at the passage as we go, uh, you might see a heading on it. Uh, in my Bible, the, the heading says this, it's a psalm, a song for the dedication of the Temple of David. Now, you might know that David didn't end up building the temple for God. Now, that was something God asked his son, Solomon, to do. And so what is this, this, uh, this Temple of David? Well, uh, some of the commentators think it, it might have just been a palace or a house that, that David built. And so this psalm was on the occasion of the grand opening of the house I've just talked to a couple of people who've just moved into their new house. I don't know if you had a, a grand opening psalm song kind of thing, perhaps not. But this is what David did as he opened this palace or house, and and what he did there is he basically shares this personal testimony at this moment and invites everybody to praise God. So this psalm, it's it's a personal testimony of the psalmist inviting, drawing people into praise. And that's where it starts. The very first verse says, I will exalt you, O Lord. I will exalt you, O Lord. This is what this is going to be about, everybody. It's about praising God. Now, as I've been preparing this, I actually thought, you know, that would make a really good thing to say or think or pray when I get out of bed in the morning. So this week, I've been trying to do that you know, I sort of wake up a little bit, but then it's, I'm going to exalt you, oh God. That's what, that's what I want this day to be about. Now, next we see in, the, in the, the coming, the first sort of three verses there, I find this quite interesting. It starts off with, I, I will exalt, it's, it's a little bit about me, this is what I'm going to do. But then it quickly moves into, oh no, actually, it's not about me at all. It's about God. So as you look at verse 2 and 3, immediately the psalmist moves to, oh, no, 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 this is what God has done. And so quickly the focus shifts from me to it's all about God whose actions are praiseworthy and that draw us to exalt Him. And so, having shared that intention to praise God, the psalmist tells us why. why. Why should we praise God? And this is really what he's saying. He says, now let me tell you some of my story let me tell you what happened actually more specifically let me tell you what god did in my life and that's why i want to praise god now not all the details are given here this is not a you know a really detailed story about exactly what's happened and and what god's done we we don't have a time or a place we we don't really even have an indication whether What the psalmist is crying out about here is a a physical issue, or an emotional one, or a spiritual one, or all of those things together. But it was clearly serious. As we read the words there, the psalmist is saying it felt like death. Being in the depths, in the grave, going down to the pit. These are the expressions that the psalmist use of this deep, dark, painful time, it just, it feels like being dead. Now, I hope this is not sounding familiar for you, but I read a statistic or a couple of statistics on a website by a group called Beyond Blue, who you may have heard of. Their site says this, and this is pre-COVID information, that over a million Australians a year will experience depression and two million per year anxiety. So this is uh, perhaps quite common. As a society, I think we've come a long way in, in bringing these type of issues, mental health, depression, anxiety, into a place where we can talk about them, like we talk about physical health. And that's really good. In fact, just this morning, actually, on my news feed, there was a, a, a story, an article uh, about this topic. And one of the things I wanted to share with you this morning, as we, as we just touched briefly on this, is that at Kerry last year, we did quite a lot of thinking about the, the broad topic of pastoral care, but it includes this area. How do we as a community, how do we as a group do this? How do we look after each other well? And so I want to share with you this morning uh, just our very brief high-level conclusions about the sort of support that we have around here for pastorally caring for each other. And we've thought of it in a number of levels. And the first level is loving one another. How's that for a radical new concept? Okay, no, got it from the Bible, from Jesus. Loving one another. Being there to listen to each other. Being there to share each other's stories just to walk together being sensitive to how others are feeling and available to catching up this morning at morning tea or in a connect group just keeping our ears out for each other and saying ah is is there anything going on How, how are you going loving one another that's the first level of support that we're all engaged in and that's super important Now, secondly, of course, we've got our our pastoral and discipleship elders and our pastoral team, Uh, some of whom have had additional training. This year, we'll get that whole group of people to have some additional training in this area of pastoral care. And so you can come and approach one of those people if you think that's helpful and appropriate. But even that group of people doesn't have the expertise that a lot of professionals have in certain specific areas. So we also really recognise that there will be times where it's absolutely appropriate and good and helpful to go and see a professional in a particular area where you might need care and finally we keep our eyes out for opportunities to explore this as a community and i've got one up on the screen uh, from woodvale baptist that's coming up now this one's just for men it's a men's conference but they're going to be talking about emotional and spiritual health be a great opportunity to just explore this topic. There are some great speakers uh, going to that and it's, a, it's a, a something that i just recommend if this is of any interest to you at all. But all of those four things that I've mentioned, these are important elements of how we look after one another here at Cary. We love each other. We have our pastors and pastoral and discipleship elders. We know that there are professionals that, that can help And we look for things like conferences and opportunities to collectively do things. And each of those things work together. You don't just have to do one of them, of course. So I wanted to lay that out for you as we're talking about times, perhaps, where we're going through really tough stuff. And after this service, as you're chatting at morning tea, I'll be available. So will our other pastors, our pastoral and discipleship elders, just come up and have a chat. Love to talk to you. Let's look after each other in this space. Central to this concept of looking after each other is turning to God. Central to all of that support is that we need to turn to God if we feel like we are heading down to the pit or if we feel like we're already there, perhaps. And that's what the psalmist tells us. In Psalm 30, right at the start, he said, it's God who lifts out of the depths. It's God who Who heals. It's God who brought up from the grave. The the psalmist doesn't tell us the exact mechanisms that God used or the support networks but he says it's God who does this in our lives. It's God who rescues and redeems and saves. It's a hopeful positive encouraging message that our God loves us. And then in verse 4 the psalmist moves into something interesting. He exhorts others to join in his praise. Now, to this point, it's been his story. This is my story. I was in the depths. I got drawn out by God. But then he moves to saying, and so we all can and should praise God. This is my personal testimony, but I'm telling it to you in community. On the occasion of my brand new house, by the way, it's a public, open gathering. I've shared a little bit of my story, but I'm asking you to join me in praise. That's what the psalmist says. But he also knows there might be some skepticism. Hang on, I just turned up to a housewarming. I didn't want all this praise stuff. So then he adds in a couple of lines to say, but here's why. You know, this is not just my story. This is not just a fluke. It's not just that I was feeling a bit bad and then I got better again. There are some things about God that you need to know. And the first one he says in verse 5 is this, that his anger, it lasts only a moment. But his favor... Well, that lasts a lifetime. He paints a picture here of this father who loves over all, overarching. The attitude to the children is love and grace and mercy and hope. And the second thing the psalmist tells us is that life has its ups and downs. Throughout this psalm, you see the, the highs and the lows. There's the going down, but the raising up. There's anger, but there's favor. There's wailing and dancing. There's being clothed with sackcloth and being clothed with joy. Life contains its nights during which all seems pointless. When all you can do is lie on your bed in the dark and cry out. And it contains those early mornings on Smith's Beach where you can body surf and it's warm wash it down with a chocolate croissant and life is so good and you see what just happened there i came back to my story i went back to my depth and i, and I came back to my height i wanted to tell that again because well, well that's part of me and and it's important and and it's it's how i relate and that's exactly what the psalmist then does in verse 6, he tells us again. He starts over. He says, well, here was the situation. And gives slightly different detail this time. You know, it's a few different words, but it's the same story. Life was going well, he says. Now, interesting here, in, in this part where he says life was going well, and some people say, well, well, maybe he was, you know, turned away from God and he wasn't focused on God. But it actually says in verse 7, that life was going well by God's favour. Things were great. But then, for some reason, I couldn't see God's face anymore. God, God hid his face. Things went pear-shaped. Was it my fault? Was it something that I did wrong? I mean, that could well be. Or, or was this one of those occasions like, like Job, where something was happening and I, you know, I was being tested? Or, or, or what's going on? I, I just don't know. And I don't think the psalmist knows either. He says things were going well by God's grace and in his favour and then, I don't know why, but it, it just got tough. God felt distant, like he'd hidden his face and it was a dark time. And then he reminds us that when that happened, he says, and I begged God, I cried out to God, please be merciful. And I won't go into this in great detail, but I love the idea that the psalmist here sort of trying to argue with God. He's putting forward his best arguments and his argument basically goes like this. Look, if I was dead, I couldn't praise you. And you'd like to be praised, right? So that's kind of where he goes with that. He pleads, he says, Lord, please help. We don't know how long this went on for. And I think that's encouraging. When I, when you are in a difficult spot to know that actually we don't know how long this lasts for. But what we do know is that there is hope because of our God. And the psalmist clearly tells us, confidently, joyfully, he says, God turned my wailing into dancing. There was this shift. And so finally, in verse 12, he concludes, there's a reason for all of this. And the reason is so my heart would sing to you, Lord, and not be silent. That my story would bring God's glory to others as, he hears, as they hear that story and what God did in my life. And he concludes saying, I will give you thanks forever. Thanks forever. So, so how can we apply this psalm to our lives today? I, I want to suggest three ways that we might be able to think about Psalm 30 as helpful to us. Uh, and the first one is this. Turning to God. To you, O Lord, I cry. That's what the psalmist says. And this psalm is not necessarily a psalm for all phases of life. This psalm is a psalm as we emerge. This, maybe I sort of thought about this phrase. This could be a dawn psalm. This is the psalm when you've been in the middle of the dark night, but the rays of light are emerging. You, you know that the light's coming. Things are getting better. You can feel you're being raised up and lifted out. Or maybe this psalm is helpful as a warm, fond reminder for you, for me, when our mountain is standing strong. Ah, I had a hard time, but my mountain is standing strong again, and I know God was there for me. The thing is, in a flourishing community like ours, not everyone's going to be there. Some of us will be feeling like right now we're heading down towards the pit. Some of us might even be feeling like we're in that place. Or maybe we've been there for a long, long time. And the message for Psalm 30 is turn to God. Cry out to you, O Lord, I cry. Throw yourself, we need to throw ourselves on his mercy. And to keep doing so, perhaps to read Psalm 6 again and again. The encouragement is that God does turn our wailing into dancing. And I want to invite you, along with me, to be part of this flourishing community where we would help each other know that people are not alone in that space. That we would be praying for each other. That we would be being sensitive just to little cues of how people are. That we walk with each other number two number two application of this psalm is sharing our story now there's a phrase that i'm becoming really fond of i learned it from a guy called tim ps over at uh, crossway baptist in victoria and it's this it's to share my faith obviously but not obnoxiously to live in a way that my faith is obvious, but not obnoxious. Now, what do I mean by that? I mean that when I share my story, I can share it in a way that says, this is just who I am. This is me and how I see the world. And as I do that, and I tell you whether it's the high or the low, the high and I just said, God, thank you for this amazing creation. Or the low when I said, and I know that God was there for me. That's not... I don't think i hope that's not obnoxious please come and tell me later if i came across obnoxiously but i think that's me saying here's my story here's what i think god did i'm not passing judgment on anybody i'm not forcing anybody into a decision i'm simply saying this is how i see the world i can tell my story and i can invite people into it with me and say and so i praise god i think you can too what if we told our stories like that just in living our lives to as the psalmist says sing his praise and not be silent to be obvious in all that God's doing in our lives but not obnoxious and the final thing the third application of this psalm of course is to praise God to recognize what he has done in your life as he's done stuff in my life To see the story that God's woven in your life and in our lives as a community. To see the story right from the beginning of creation that God has made for us, that points to his goodness, that he rescues and redeems and saves and to praise him as creator, Lord, mighty and beautiful. And so this morning as I finish, rather than praying, I'm just going to read two verses of Psalm 30 again. And then we're going to go straight into singing our praise. So can I invite you to stand with me as I read these two verses and call us, as we heard a little bit of my story, but more particularly as you think of your story, call us into praising our God. Sing the praises of the Lord, says the psalmist in Psalm 30, verse 4. Sing the praises of the Lord, you His faithful people. Praise His holy name. For his anger lasts only a moment, but his favor a lifetime. Weeping may stay for the night, but it's rejoicing that comes in the morning. Hallelujah. Let's praise him together.